message is about our spirit. It's my spirit, I control it. Now, hello. A lot of us think that it's, we don't really get what our spirit is. We don't know how to control it. We think it's just kind of there. And, you know, whatever God gives us that is good, Satan, right, the world will try to mimic that and try to make, um, oh, what do, you, what do you call that fake money people try to make? Counterfeit. Counterfeit money. So people counterfeit valuable things that are real that they could use, right? They don't counterfeit $3 bills. Why? Because $3 bills don't exist. They don't counterfeit $1 bills. Why? Because that's not worth their time. But they'll counterfeit 20s, 50s, 100s. And so Satan will try to counterfeit anything that God gave us that is good. And so there will be people out there that will describe to you right, what we know is God's, the, our spirit that God has given us as auras, right? They'll say, oh, I can see your aura, and you've got like a blue cloud around you, and that means whatever, right? There's people out there that do that. Why are they doing that? They're doing that because we really do have a spirit, and maybe their gift from God is, you know, discernment or whatever, but they're not using that, that gift to glorify God. And so Satan, right, has got them in a place where they're counterfeiting that and trying to let people know that it's something different. And a lot of times they believe that it's not something you can control. It's uncontrollable, right? It's just there. I've been at Christian conferences before, and people will bump into me. They're like, oh, you've got a sweet spirit about you or whatever, you know, whatever they say. Now, they're acknowledging that that is my spirit, now, we know that we are a three-part being. Well, most of us do, body, soul, and spirit. Now, I could say, I can't control my body. It just is what it is. It's just, I know you can see it, and I know it's there, but I have no control. I couldn't help myself when I walked into the candy store and stole all the good chocolate. I just, I have no control over my body. Now, we would all argue and say, no, that's wrong. You can control your body. And how do you control your body? Called self-control. It starts with your thoughts. You think about chocolate. You think about the fact you don't have any money, so you march yourself into a store. You probably thought it through in your head how you were going to sneak all that chocolate into a big old bag, and you'll march right out of there. You controlled all of that. People say, well, I can't control my thoughts. Yep, you, you, you think things up. Now, do thoughts come to you or temptations come to you that are from the enemy? Absolutely. But you decide whether or not you dwell on that thought. You decide whether or not you take that thought and you think it again and again and again. Now, we also have thoughts come to us from God. God tempts us to do good. I don't know if it's tempting. I think it's more encouraging us, right? He's encouraging us to make good choices. And you control whether or not you take that and you mull it over and you think about it and you implement it. You think up your own thoughts, right? And you decide whether or not you keep going with that or you let it go. So if we control our body by our thoughts and then making decisions on what to do with our bodies, 
we need to understand that we can control our spirit. What do I mean by control it? You have a spirit. Your spirit is given to you to function in the spirit realm here on earth. We think that what you see is all that's here on earth, but it's not. There is a spirit realm. There is things happening in the spirit that we cannot see. Now, it's hard for us to comprehend that, but we've experienced feeling that before. You know, I've mentioned that before. You know, there's been times, right, where you go down a dark alley and, and you might feel creeped out, right? You're, all of a sudden, you are being more hypersensitive and aware to the area that you're in. You're not confident of where you're at. And all of a sudden, what's happening in the spirit realm around you, you're beginning to feel that. And in that area, right, there might be more demonic spirits or something happening in there that is not good. I've had people walk through the dream center and they just say like, oh, I just feel so at peace here. What are they doing? They're not feeling the heat. Because if you've been here during the week, you know the heat's not probably on. They're not feeling something smelling good, right? They are feeling what is in here in the spirit realm. And I know, like, it's hard for us to understand, but when you go into Croatia, or not Croatia, um, Chernobyl, where the, if you're, if you're not familiar, many years back in Chernobyl, they had a nuclear power plant, and it melted down. I don't know the technical terms. And everybody had to leave, and there was now this radiation and all this, like, things going on. You walk through that town, you don't think there's anything going on. Everything looks normal. With your naked eye, everything totally looks normal. Until all of a sudden a bunny comes by with three eyes, right? And all of a sudden you're like, what is happening? There's something happening in an invisible realm that we can't see. And what it is, is right, it's the, it's the radiation that's coming off of that plant that is still in the center of that town. And they've done studies now going back to see, like, okay, after five years, how many mutations did the animals have? After 10 years, how many mutations did the animals have? After 15 years, you know, and they are looking back to see, like, okay, that's dissipating. So we know that, like, radiation is out there and you can't see it. Your cell phone is picking up invisible signals from some satellite up in the sky that is hitting some tower that is out in somebody's cornfield a mile away from here, and that's pinging back to your phone. We are in a world where things can be happening in an invisible way, and it affects us, and it is going through these systems. The Holy Spirit and the spirit realm here on earth is just as relevant. And we as Christians have been told Go out into all the world and preach the good news of Jesus Christ and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are told to operate in the spirit realm. Jesus told his disciples, go to Jerusalem and I will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they waited and the Holy Spirit fell upon them and it began to manifest something in their physical body through their prayer language. But yet, here we are 2,000 years later, and we don't talk about the spirit realm. 
I mean, we, we occasionally talk about the angels and how there's demons and, you know, Hollywood puts out all these movies and it gets us all scared. And so we think like, I don't understand it. I don't see it. So I'm not going to talk about it. And if I just pretend it's not there and just believe strong enough in Jesus, then that spirit realm won't affect me. But that's like saying, I'm going to go to Europe and I'm going to sleep in the B&B over in Chernobyl and I can't see it, and I'm just going to pretend like it didn't happen, and that radiation isn't going to affect me. Now, we wouldn't do that, right? We would know. And you, you go down the roads, and there's big signs that say, warning, toxic waste, you know, don't go in here. But here on earth, we put ourselves in situations where the spirit realm is not good. We don't need to be afraid, but we're not even aware. We're not making ourselves aware that there is a spirit realm and our spirit interacts with that realm just like our body interacts with this realm. There's actually like Christian authors that have done um, scientific research and then they've added in the Bible scriptures that go back and forth with like quantum physics. It's like really fascinating to see the science behind the spirit realm. I remember one time being uh, at home in Bel Air, I did daycare, and so during the mornings, a lot of times I would have the morning news on, and after the morning news would be Regis and Kathy Lee. That dates me, I know. And I remember watching them one time, and they had Gary Sinise on. Gary Sinise is an actor, and he has been in a lot of space movies. He had been in like, the, like Apollo 11 or 13, whichever one they'd done the movie on. He had been in a movie called Mars. and He had been in all these different movies. And he's, he's there being interviewed. And all of a sudden, Regis got real quiet. And Kathy Lee asked him, and she said, Gary, what is your favorite part of being in these space movies? I think you've been in three or four now, all in a row, the last few years. And he said something really interesting. He said, what I love the most is that NASA will allow us to bring in some former astronauts and they will kind of be like consultants and they kind of hang out while we're recording it and then they will correct us or give us their input about oh hey you wouldn't really do that in space because this would do that and this is how you would do it and and he said over the last few years I've talked to them all offset off camera you know as friends here and there and he said they all believe in God and Kathy Lee goes, really, why? And he said, because they've all seen things in the spirit realm up in the heavens. They've all seen angels. They've all had angelic encounters when they were up in space. And I remember sitting there going, and that was back when you had like VHS thinking like, oh, I wish I could have recorded this. And I thought that was just fascinating to think that we know with quantum physics and quantum theory, we know from astronauts that have been up in space, we, you know, we have ghost hunters going into homes with all their little scientific contraptions trying to prove something's there. Because in the spirit realm, just like in the radio wave realm, we can, we can take a receiver and plug it in and get it dialed into the right thing. You can receive something you can't see. We are human beings here on earth, and really, as a human being, what am I? I'm a spiritual being in a body, and this body is temporary. 
and my soul is here, and my soul is interacting and making, you know, decisions and, and my relationships and in your personality, and you've got all these different things, and you've got your mind, and it all works. We don't understand it. We can't quite see it. Just like you have a heart that works with your lungs to convert oxygen into something red with your blood, and it goes all through. We, we don't quite get it, but it's there. And just like when we make decisions, those decisions can affect our body. When we make decisions, those decisions affect our spirit. And then our spirit is interacting here in the spiritual realm. Now, that was a really long intro to get you to a point to, to hear me out. But this is true. We have a spirit. The Holy Spirit fills us with his spirit, right? And we see here in Romans where he's talking about, you know, life through the spirit. Now, this is a little bit hard because, you know, we sometimes make fleshly decisions. But I want to read this passage because he's really trying to help you understand you have flesh, but you are a spirit in a body. And it's Romans chapter 8, and it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that righteousness requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live, but if the spirit you put to death, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. 
Now again, this is a big passage, and if this was a Bible study, I would sit down and break it apart piece by piece, and you all know I love to do that, but that's usually an hour and a half uh, before I finally, like, okay, I have to go to the bathroom. I better wrap this up, right? No. So, because I just love the word, but what is he saying? He is, he, he's saying, look, you can live by the flesh or you can live by the spirit. I kind of view it as, like, my soul is how I relate and how I do all these things, and, and you know, my soul, my mind thinks things through and makes this decision. And I can decide that I'm going to forego what my flesh wants in this particular moment, and I'm going to do something that was going to benefit my spirit. Okay, so we're here now. We're here. We have a flesh body. We have a soul. We have a spirit. And I'm telling you that you have a spirit, and you can control it. And you're looking at me and saying, okay, how do I control my spirit, Mary? Well, let's keep this comparison of how our body is and how our spirit is. Your body needs food. Your body needs regular maintenance to be able to function. Your spirit needs some attention as well. Your spirit needs to be fed. Think back to Matthew when Jesus had been out fasting for 40 days and Satan came to tempt him. And the first way he tempted him was with food because he hadn't eaten in 40 days. I'm sure he was hungry. And what did he say to, you know, Satan's like, here, you can turn this rock into bread. And Jesus replies back with, man shall not live by bread alone, but out of every word of the mouth of God. Why was that his first point that he made? Out of all the scriptures he could have quoted, and because and, that, that was a scripture out of, De uh, I don't know if it was Deuteronomy, but out of the Old Testament. He wants to make sure that this is recorded and that we all know this. You cannot live by only taking care of your body. Man shall not live on bread alone, but out of every word out of the mouth of God. There's another passage where he talks about by words, right? The words that come out of the mouth of God, right, are the foundation for which you live your life. And he does this parable, and he says, my words, those who follow my words, that hear my words, that apply my words, are like a man who built his house on a rock. And the storms came, and the river came, and it beat upon that man's house, and it did not fall. But those who do not hear the word of God and do not apply it to their life, their life is like a man who built their house upon the sand. And when the rains came, right, it washed away the house. It broke down the house. So Jesus is telling us, he's telling us, you need God's word. What does God's word tell us? You are loved. You are precious to me. You need healing? Just ask. You need blessings? Just ask. This is, you know, my father's house. It has many rooms, and I will see you in heaven. I'm going to go up there and prepare a place for you. We think that the word of God means the law. I love how a lot of times, you know, the Jewish people and Jesus would even say, the law Moses gave you. We know that that was there to create a culture, and we understand the spirit of the law and why that was important. But when Jesus is saying, build your house upon the rock, which is my word, we are totally missing the point if we think that just means the Ten Commandments. It does not. What does God's word say to us? What was Jesus' point of coming? You are loved. I loved you. I love you. 
think about this. He's, he's in John chapter 4. He's meeting the woman at the well. She's telling him, you know, he's saying, I know you had five husbands. I know you're not even married to the man you're living with. I know this. I know that. And, you know, she would think like he'd say, like, how dare you even talk to me? And, you know, how do you think you're going to get anything from me? But he doesn't. Instead, he says, if you knew the one who was here talking to you, you would ask him for living water. And I would give it to you. Well, I know one day the Messiah is going to come, and he'll explain this to me. I am he. I love the fact that he stayed. She ran in town and told people that he was there, and he came back, and he stayed for three days and validating everything that she had said. And, and, and there's a whole bunch there about her, her being brought back into a relationship with the people in the village. That's God's word. God's word is for us to read and see that he loves us and that he wants to restore us and he wants us to have living water and he has promised us the Holy Spirit and we put in his righteousness and I can stand in the presence of God and not feel ashamed. So what is the one thing our spirit needs? It needs food. How do I feed my spirit? I feed it with the word of God. Now you've come here because you want to come to the buffet tonight and have time to worship. And when we sing the songs, a lot of those are based on scriptures. We're hearing the word of God. When we're hearing the, the preacher go, she's not only giving you the word of God, but she's explaining the word of God. And, and you, you know, can live your life and only eat once a week. But most of you don't. Most of you like to eat more than once a day. And you can ingest the word of God more than once a week. Most people ingest it through worship music, through the word of God being played to us in an enjoyable way that our, our bodies and our spirit enjoy. And so we listen to Christian radio or we have, you know, Christian worship music or contemporary music on our phones and we listen to that while we're driving or doing whatever. And there's nothing wrong with consuming God's word that way. But it's kind of like giving yourself only a liquid diet, you know, like after a while you want a little meat, right? You want a little, you want something a little bit deeper. And so for some other people, they consume more of the word of God and they listen to other preachers, right? They, Joel Osteen, if you need encouragement, his gift is encouragement. If you need, you know, leadership and, and things and you need something different, listen to Bishop Jakes, right? If you need to understand grace and salvation, listen to Creflo Dollar. If you have a lot of shame and you're not sure if God loves you or not, listen to Joyce Meyer. There's a lot of preachers out there that have different gifts from God, and you can consume different ways. You can also just have the Bible read to you, or you can read the Bible. There's lots of different ways of doing it. People read devotions. People have, you know, Bible studies they're a part of. But number one, your spirit needs food. Now, I would be remiss if I said that my body just needed food. And then I walked around naked. I just, you know, got naked and just stayed naked because all my body needs is food, and that's all I need. Now, you would look at me and say, well, Mary, you're lying because you got clothes on today. What do these clothes do? Not only do they cover up my private areas, but they protect my body. They give my body warmth, right? My shoes protect my feet. Your spirit needs covering. Your spirit needs protection. Just like your body needs clothing, and covering, your spirit does. Well, Mary, how do I cover my spirit? I can't even see it. Do I put a prayer shawl on? That would be fun, right? I mean, I could, you know, knit you guys some prayer shawls. No, you cover yourself with the blood of Jesus. 
You say, I cover myself with the blood of Jesus. May the blood of Jesus be over me. May the blood of Jesus protect me. I not only plead the blood of Jesus over me and my spirit, I plead it over my children. I plead it over my spouse. I plead the blood of Jesus over my house. Now, what does it mean to plead the blood? Nobody really understands that anymore. You can just say, I cover myself with the blood of Jesus if you don't want to say, I plead the blood. But the enemy comes and thinks he has a right to attack you because you're human and you sin. And so you stand before the court, you stand before the judgment, and you go, I plead guilty or I plead innocent. And you know what we plead? We plead the blood of Jesus. So even though Satan thinks he has this right to come attack me, I plead the blood of Jesus. I don't have to say I'm guilty. I don't have to say I'm innocent. I plead the blood of Jesus because Jesus took whatever punishment. And it doesn't matter if I'm guilty or innocent because I claim Jesus. So that's why you say I plead the blood of Jesus. And we have to plead that over us. We have to cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus. So Satan has no right to attack us. He's not allowed because we're covered we also need protection from demonic things. Just like our body, we cover it, we protect it. There are bad guys out there that want to come and punch me in the eye. And so the protection that sometimes we have to have are like the police officers, right? Or maybe a bodyguard or, you know, like whenever I, I walk through an empty, dark alley, when I've got my husband next to me, I don't, I don't even think and care if somebody's going to come out. He'll, he'll fight him, and I'm going to run for help. You know, it's like, thank you, babes. You, you be the protection, and I'm going to go in the other direction here. And our spirit, even though we're covered and have that protection from what the enemy thinks that we deserve because of our sin or our guilt or our humanity, that's covered. But sometimes he wants to come after us, and he doesn't, he's not doing that because you did something wrong. He's doing that just because he's a bad guy, and he just wants to punch you out. And that's where the Bible talks about the angels, right? The, the, we have ministering spirits, right? Ministering angels. Just like there's bad spirits out there, for every one bad spirit, there's two good, right? We know that it says that Satan, when he fell, he took a third of the angels with him. So Satan is out there. He's got these demons, and they want to come and attack us. And I pray, and I ask, for the bodyguards to come be around me and to be around my children and to be around my spouse and to be in my home and to be in this place, to have guards on every, the four corners of this property. You control your spirit, and that means that you not only feed it, you not only cover it, you not only, you know, you ask for extra protection for it. You live in a society where your physical body is protected by the rules and the laws of this government, and you have the police officers and the, the you know, people around you that will help protect you. We live in a society where if we're in the grocery store and somebody starts to beat me up, strange, strangers are going to say, hey, stop. You live in a spirit realm where demons want to come and attack you, and you can ask for, and you have angels to come and help protect you. So when you control your spirit, you not only feed it, you not only cover it, but you ask for protection for it. Now here's the final thing that we do with our bodies. 
we walk, we, we use our hands, we talk. We actually function in our bodies. We do things with our bodies. Let's look here in the scriptures to 1 Timothy chapter 4. All right, so in 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is giving Timothy some instruction. And he really wants him to understand that we are physical bodies and we live in the spirit realm. And I'll start with chapter 3, verse 14, and then we'll go into chapter 4. I'm just going to read it in its context and we'll talk about it, okay? So 1 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 14. Although I hope to come to see you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundations of the truth. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the spirit, was seen by angels, was preaching among the nations. So that's some scriptures from the Old Testament that he's quoting there. Now, oh, it, it continues, was believed on in the world and was taken up in glory. Verse 1 of chapter 4. The spirit clearly says that in the later times, some will abandon the faith and will follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciousness have been seated as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and there is nothing to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that have followed you. Have nothing to do with the godless myths and old wise tales. Rather, train yourself up to be godly. Train yourself up to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godlessness, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Do not let anyone look down upon you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. Until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of the scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through the prophecy, when the spirit of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters, giving yourself wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Preserve in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I love this, how he says, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Now, 
we can train our bodies. We can go and we can use those hands, use those muscles, we, we can walk around. Most of us don't realize, but just walking around is training your body. If you just laid in bed and never got up, your muscles would atrophy and you wouldn't be able to get up and walk around. So you might not go to the gym and train, but if you are up walking around, if you lift things occasionally, if you are using your hands and fingers, you're training your muscles and how to function. You might not function the same way a bodybuilder functions, but your body is functioning because you're using it. How do we train up our spirit? We have to use it. We have to use our spirit. Now we just don't know how to use our spirit. We don't know when we are using our spirit that we're using it. So we don't understand that. But when you use something more and more, it becomes easier to do. When a baby learns how to walk, the more they walk, the easier it is to walk. When you start lifting weights, the first time you lift 10 pounds, it might seem really heavy, but you do that enough and it feels like nothing. We are a spirit being. And in the spirit, we are being talked to. We are making decisions in how we react. When you react with anger and rage, you think that you can't control that, but you can. You can have your spirit control your attitude and, your, your, and, and influence all of that. You can hear in the spirit realm. How many times do we hear stories of people saying, like, well, I was at the airport, and I was going to go over here and sit next to this guy. Something just told me to go sit over there. What was that, right? That was something in the spirit realm, whether that was the Holy Spirit himself talking to them or an angel whispering that ear. We, we don't necessarily know, but we know that there was a voice from God, and they heard it in the spirit. They didn't hear an audible voice. They didn't hear it in the physical realm. They heard it in the spirit realm. A lot of times we say it's your gut. Go with your gut. That is you participating in the spirit and your spirit receiving that. Now, a lot of times people say, Mary, I don't know how to hear God's voice. Okay, he's talking to you all the time. I want you to stop and think when you hear things in your head. Be honest. Now, if the thought that comes into your head is you should smack that guy and tell him to shut up. Now, okay, you heard that. Is that from God? I don't know the scenario you're in. You know, I don't know, maybe. But in your scenario, you need to pause. You need to think about God's word because whatever God tells you to do in the spirit is going to match up with God's word. And say, is this something that scripturally would be correct? Probably not. And ask. Ask in the spirit realm, is that you, God? Now, you don't have to say it physically. He can hear in the spirit realm. You should just think it and see if you have peace. Or see if you have a little, like, no, that's your attitude right now. You're annoyed with this person. And then in the spirit realm, right, you flex some spiritual muscle. You're using some self-control because you're pausing. You're thinking about things before you do them. How should I respond to this guy? Well, why don't you just look at him and say, boy, it sounds like you're having a really rough day. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I don't want to say that, God. Well, there's a lot of things you don't want to do, but you do it for your body. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't feel like sitting on the toilet for 10 minutes to go to the bathroom in the morning. But guess what I do? I go and do it. Even though I don't want to go do it. Right? Maybe sometimes I don't want to... I don't want to, like, put my boots on to go out. I just want to put on my, my sandals because it's quick. But it's snowing, and it's slippery, and i got to walk through three feet of snow. So what do I do? I take the time, and I put on my boots. Sometimes I don't feel like brushing my teeth, but I want to stay married. So I brush my teeth, right? You, you can do things you don't want to do. You only do them for your body because you feel the immediate consequence. The reason why you don't do what you need to be doing in the spirit is because you dismiss that because it's a different realm and you don't feel the consequence. You're feeling the consequence. You just don't realize it's a consequence of not doing what you need to do in the spirit. You feel anger. You feel rage. You feel depression. You feel shame. Those are all consequences. That your spirit is what's feeling that because... There was maybe something that you could have done differently or something you could have been feeding on or something, you know, sometimes just the enemy beating you up, like I said before. And maybe you have pled the blood of Jesus over you and maybe you have asked the angels to come around you and guess what? You were just caught in the crossfire and you still got wounded and you still have some heart problems. And I'm not talking about the red thing that pumps blood, right? You've got like a broken heart. Maybe you got a crushed spirit. Maybe something has happened that has just upset you. You need to not only ask God to help you out in the physical realm, but you need to ask him and say, God, heal my spirit. Help me feel comforted. Why does Jesus say, mourn with those who mourn? Rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Your spirit needs to be around other people that have the Holy Spirit. You need to be able to be in family with other people that are doing that. Think about it. If you are in a new club physically in the world and you're all excited, um, let's say, how about women that go to Weight Watchers, right? They go to Weight Watchers. They've got their way of doing things and they want to go out to eat. They don't want to go out to eat with people who want to just eat whatever they want to eat. They want to go out to eat with people that are like-minded like them. And, and so that way you're all counting your points and you're figuring it out. And you've got people to encourage you to do what you want to do. Same thing with people in AA, right? These people have come to a conclusion, like, I am not drinking. This is a problem for me. Well, guess what? They don't want to go out to dinner with people that are going to sit there and pound 10 shots and drink three beers because then that's going to interfere with their decisions on how they're going to, what they're going to drink and what they're going to eat and what they're going to do. And I know everyone's at different, different places in life, but follow me here. You have a spirit, and sometimes you are putting yourselves in situations where the people around you, their spirit is full of lust, and all they want to do is sit around and talk about, you know, the next-door neighbor's 15-year-old girl, and, oh, my gosh, let me show you the pictures of her I got on my security camera when she was out sunbathing, and they're doing all this stuff. What are they doing? Their spirit of lust that is on them is trying to get on you. Now think about this. If your neighbor said to you, I have bed bugs, and they are in my couch, they are in my beds, they are in my carpet, I've got bed bugs. Hey, do you want to come over and watch the game? Would you go over and sit on their couch and watch the football game? 
You would not because you don't want the infestation of what they have to get into your clothing, to get into your shoes, to bite you, and then to go back into your house and sit on your couch, and now you've got bed bugs. Some of us have spiritual bed bugs in our spirit. We have an infection. Now, if it's us, and you say, well, but Mary, I am a spirit being. I want the Holy Spirit to be in me. But I also know that there's some demonic spirits that over the years have tried to get in me or on me or on, around me, right? Uh, the spirit of lust. When you say that, I, maybe I deal with the spirit of lust. Maybe, you know, I have to look at pornography or maybe I have a spirit of rage and I can't just have a, a, a discussion with my spouse. Instead, I get enraged. Maybe I have a spirit of, of gluttony and I can't just have my meal and be done. I have to have three more meals. Maybe I have a spirit of gossip and I can't just say, you're here, hey, pray for the neighbor. They're going through a hard time. I've got to know. I've got to know what's going on. I'm going to call my other neighbor and see what they have. Because you are a spirit being, you can sometimes have other things on you and in you that are influencing you. So you need to feed your spirit with the word of God. You need to clothe your spirit with the blood of Jesus. You need to protect your spirit with extra bodyguards so you ask the angels to be around about you and be with you. And you need to be aware of the other type of spirits or infections or things that want to come in and taint you. What will you do if you have that, Mary? Well, you tell it to leave in the name of Jesus. Well, it comes back tomorrow. Well, tell it to leave in the name of Jesus. If bed bugs got into your house you would get some bed bug spray or whatever you need to do, and you would make them leave. If you had ants in your kitchen, you would make them leave. Now, if I came over and all of a sudden the floor is just covered with dead ants from being stepped on, and there's ants here and there, and I'd be like, dude, you got ants. I know I tried to get rid of them once, and they wouldn't leave, so I just ignore them. You wouldn't do that. You are persistent in the physical realm, you need to be persistent in the spiritual realm. Now, I know that there's a lot more to this than what we can talk about tonight. But I want you to know that you have a spirit. You are a spirit. You live in a physical world, in a physical body. And we see scripturally where we're told, look, physical training has some value. It affects you right now. Think about it. It doesn't affect you forever. If I lift weights, I'm going to be strong for a while, but if I lay in bed for three weeks and don't get up and move around, but that, that strength's gone. Your muscles can shrink down. I mean, have you seen Arnold Schwarzenegger without a shirt on lately? He does not look the same way he did when he was 20. So he, all that working out he did then had the value in that moment, but it didn't last 50 years later. Now, I'm not saying he looks horrible. He's still must be doing something but I'm just saying he doesn't look the same as he did when he was 20 so physically we're doing things in this moment and it has some value it affects you in the present day but when you build up your spirit that doesn't go anywhere that stays so that is the more valuable thing to invest your time in there have been people that heard scriptures when they were eight years old that I've heard like testimonies and videos. They're in their 50s. They're in the middle of a bar fight and all of a sudden some scripture that they had to memorize when they were eight years old pops up in their head. 
and they have this aha moment and they walk away from the bar, they never drink again and they change their life for Christ. Now you're going to tell me that if they lifted weights when they were eight years old that it's going to help them when they're 50 in a bar fight? If they hadn't picked up a weight again since? No, it's not. But the word of God, once it gets down in your heart, doesn't go anywhere. Why? Because it's your spirit. Your spirit takes hold of something. And you can control that. You can control what you put in your spirit. You can control what stays in your spirit. You can tell the bad things to leave. You can invite in the good things. The Bible talks about the spirit of wisdom, how she walks the streets and she calls out. You know what I do? I call the spirit of wisdom. Lord, your word says that there is wisdom out there and that she can come in and be with us. So fill me with your Holy Spirit and fill me with wisdom. God's word says that he came to bring us peace and peace more abundantly and, and joy. Invite joy into your spirit. Invite, invite peace into your spirit. The peace that surpasses all understanding. You can be in the middle of a storm and be at peace. Not because your physical body feels safe, but because your spirit is healthy and is filled and has this connection and knows that you're going to be okay. I'm going to pray for all of you. And like I said, I know that this is a lot, and I know we don't talk about it that much, but tonight I just really felt compelled to remind you all that you can't just be doing stuff physically and expect to be feeling better emotionally. That's part of it. It's of little value, but you're eating healthy and you're sleeping well, and there's definitely affects your emotions, but... Your spirit realm is even more important and can be controlled by you. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that Jesus said, I must go so I can send you the Holy Spirit. We can invite peace, we can invite joy, we can invite wisdom, and we can invite that Holy Spirit to be a part of us. Just like the spirit of lust tries to control some people, the Holy Spirit can be invited in to guide us. So we, tonight, invite that Holy Spirit to be with us. We plead the blood of Jesus over us. We ask you to surround us with your holy angels to minister to us and protect us. And Father God, we ask you to point out and show us if there's anything demonic that has tried to infiltrate our lives. And if there is any spirits that are not bringing good to us, then we just rebuke it in the name of Jesus and tell them to leave. Their invitation to be a part of our spirit realm is no longer extended. We tell them to leave in the name of Jesus. Spirit of lust, spirit of anger, spirit of lying, spirit of shoplifting, spirit of just deceit and gossip. And, and I just hear self-pity and just anger and cutting ourselves and and just all of this demonic crap that wants to come in and tell us that we're not worthy and tell us that we need to be ashamed and tell us that we're not beautiful and that, that nobody likes us. That, that's demonic spirits that have tried to come in and convince our spirit that there's nothing to live for. Spirit of suicide, you leave these people right now in the name of Jesus. All of this demonic just nastiness that has creeped in. And because we can't see it, we haven't wiped it away. We haven't told it to leave. And we're just living, dragging along all this demonic crap. You, Satan, must leave these people right now in the name of Jesus and do not return. 
Father God, protect them and cover them and help them. Show them all the areas in their life where maybe they have let things into their lives by things they've watched or things they've accepted or things that they thought were, were good for them but that wasn't. For the people they were around and that gave them bed bugs and gave them an infestation of things that they don't need. Father God, clean us and make us whole. Help us, Father God, to walk out of here a little bit lighter and a little bit joyful and happy and hopeful because you have refreshed our spirit. We've come to the car wash and it is the Holy Spirit, the holy water from heaven that has cleansed us. The blood of Jesus has come over us and made us white as snow. And we're going to feed our spirit your word whether that be through music or preaching and encouraging or the word of God. Father God, fill us, feed us, help our spirits to become muscular and strong and, and with the ability to hear your voice. And so when we are in situations where we're like, I don't know what to do, and fear tries to get in, that our spirit rises up, the Holy Spirit in us rises up, and with confidence just is so loud in our heads and says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Try this, and we hear that, and we have this confidence knowing when you are talking to us and that we are not alone. We are never, ever alone. We just need to listen to your advice and to your guidance and to what you're saying to us. Father God, Satan is going to try to convince each and every single one of these people when they walk out this door that, that they can't apply this to their lives, that it just she just is a preacher lady and... She can control her spirit, but I don't know how to do it. And Father God, I just want to come against his lies right now in the name of Jesus. Give them the confidence to know that there is no difference between them and me, that your Holy Spirit is filling them and that they can hear your voice and be guided by you and that their spirit can be healthy and strong and just be a blessing to them. Help them to stop living in the physical realm only and to start being aware of the spiritual realm that they are in, that they don't need to deny what is happening around them, but they just need to apply it to their lives. I thank you for your blessing, for your love. I thank you that because we live in the spirit, we can cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, help me. Help them, Father God. Help them in every single area of their lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for coming. And we will be here next week. God bless.